I'm going to answer a question because I've, I've been asked this twice already, and I figure if a couple people have asked this, then probably everyone else wants to know the answer to what about Mark 9.23 and that, the whole deal about the father and the demonized boys that the disciples did cast out. And they asked him, why could we not cast it out? And the interesting thing is, um, he says, because of your unbelief. And in some translations, he says, because of your little faith. Now, that's interesting. Um, because there, in this case, you say, well, what does it say in the Greek? This is one of the few cases where the Greek differs depending on which manuscript you have. There are actually some Greek manuscripts that say because of your little faith, others that say because of your unbelief. So which do you choose? Why did the King James people go with you know, because of your unbelief? Well, the, I think the reason that's the preferred translation is because it wasn't because of their little faith. Because if they had a little faith, they could move a mountain and command it to be put into the ocean. So if a little faith will do that, then having a little faith couldn't be the problem. The problem was unbelief. Now, you have to qualify for unbelief. Ignorance, you can just have. You know, ignorance is I don't know. Unbelief is I hear it and I'm not going to act on it. I don't believe it. You can't do unbelief until you hear most people are in ignorance. They're not in unbelief. Isn't that interesting? There is a distinction there. And God does have mercy on people who are ignorant. Paul did what he did. He said in ignorance, in unbelief actually. You know, he heard the word probably from the Christian. He didn't believe it. But he did what he did ignorantly in unbelief. And God had mercy on him. But anyway, so what about these disciples? They weren't in ignorance. Because before that event happened, Jesus had already said, I give you power over all the power of the... They had ability to cast out all demons. That's before they get, you get to that account in the four Gospels. Prior to that, it said he sent them out with authority to cast out all demons. That means big demons, little demons, in-between demons, all kinds of demons. You say, are there such a thing as some demons that are worse than others? Yes, Scripture says so, because Jesus said when a demon's cast out of a person, that that demon will go somewhere into some dry place, and he'll want to come back and bring seven more spirits worse or more evil than himself. So some of them are more evil than others. There are degrees like that. But all of them are subject to the name of Jesus, and they had the right to cast out all demons, not just the little ones. They could have done it. They didn't do it, but they could have done it. They heard that they could do it, and then they didn't believe it. They weren't in ignorance. It's not, I didn't know I could do that. That'd be most of the church world today. I didn't know I could cast that demon out. You know, but, but they knew, but they just chose not to act on it. They didn't do it. And so it was because of their unbelief. It wasn't because of their lack of power. And then Jesus made the mysterious statement to some people, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Well, what's he talking about there? Do, do we have to have a new doctrine now where instead you don't cast out devils, you fast out devils? <laughs> well, think about this for a minute, though. If you had to pray and fast to make that demon leave, how on earth did Jesus do it? He was just coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he just found out about this situation probably five minutes prior. Jesus didn't have time to go on a fast against the demon. Jesus didn't have time to even spend gobs of time praying about that demon, or even times praying about anything, because there it is. Like I say, it comes out of the blue. There's the situation in front of him. Now, because 
He had been praying and fasting. He, his, you know, he was able to minister because he was hooked up with God and he knew what to do. He was following the Holy Spirit. The disciples weren't. They were going by the flesh. Now, it does say when that demon manifested, you know, he convulsed the child. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a demon do that. I've done a lot of ministry in the Caribbean where they got voodoo and all that stuff. It's standard stock down there to see people writhe on the floor like snakes and hiss and do all kinds of weird things. I'm not going to glorify the devil by telling you everything I've seen the devil do because this is not the Satan channel and I'm not here to glorify Satan. But there are some unusual manifestations that you will see down there. But when you know who you are in Christ, it doesn't make one bit of difference. They're all subject to the name of Jesus. And when they would slither like snakes and hiss, stop it in the name of Jesus. And it stopped. Satan puts on his little show and you stop the show in the name of Jesus. You pull the plug on the Satan channel. And you can do that. You don't have to put up with these shows. He, he'll do it as long as you let him. He'll go on and on and on and until you stop him. Well, why doesn't God stop him? It's not God's job to stop him. It's your job to take authority in the name of Jesus. Until you stop it, it won't stop. Just like if Satan's harassing you, he's yakking in your ear. He's going to keep sitting on your shoulder, yakking in your ear till you stop him from doing it. Till you kick him in the teeth with a word. <laughs> like I said, you know, if he tells you you don't have enough faith, you don't have any faith, kick him in the teeth with Romans 12, 3. God's given to every man the measure of faith. I do have faith, and it's a good and perfect gift. I have good and perfect faith that comes from Jesus, who's the author and finisher of my faith. Don't you tell me I have defective faith that can't get the job done. I do. And then, oh, nuts, they, this guy knows the word. I better go pick on somebody else somewhere. <laughs> It's like, geez, I'll go leave him until an opportune time. Man, this is getting nowhere fast. But anyway, what about the fasting and prayer? I believe in fasting. I believe in prayer. It's good to keep your flesh under by fasting. It's good to pray. I do do those things. But if, if you're like that, you would tend to have your flesh under so that when the opportunity comes, you're ready. But that doesn't give you the power. The fasting and prayer only makes you aware of what you already have. You do not fast to get power. Fasting does not give you power. The Holy Spirit gives you power. And if he's not enough, and you've got to fast to get more power than the Holy Spirit, well, why would, how are you going to improve on the Holy Spirit? You know, the fasting and the prayer is only to be in tune with the program. It, you don't get power by fasting and prayer. You know, there's this book that came out a long time ago, Atomic Power Through Fasting, or, and, and, and all the creatures got caught up with it. They were going on 40-day fasts and all this stuff and thinking you've got to do that if you want to have real power. Well, actually, you get filled with the Holy Spirit if you want to have real power. Again, the, it's good to be disciplined as a child of God to do things that will build you up, but... Just remember, you're only making yourself aware of what you already have. You're not getting more power by fasting, and you're not getting more power by praying, and you're not getting more authority over the devil by praying and fasting either. You already have authority over all the works of the devil. You can't get any more than that. So their problem was simply they weren't acting on what they'd already been told. Because they had the ability to do it, they had the power to do it, but they just didn't do it. It was unbelief as opposed to ignorance. So this this helping anybody? Yes. This makes sense? Hallelujah. Okay, babe, come up. Okay, I won't go too far. Hallelujah. We brought some material.
here with us. Listen, we're not fancy, okay? We don't do fancy things. Uh, these are handwritten, what's, what's on <laughs> The message in my hand. But this one is called The Baseball Dime of Healing. We're probably not going to teach on this because it's in his book. Oh, we can tell you about this book. We can tell you about the book. It's free. Everyone can have it, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, but these CDs are also free, okay? This one's called Baseball Diamond of Healing, and most of us know about baseball or something about it. This will help you get from first, second, third, and home, okay? And uh, then this other one we have is called Who You Are and What You Have. Listen. I know CDs are going out of style, but some of you still got CD players, okay? <laughs> Put them on. Listen to them. This one's only about, what, 20 minutes? About 15 minutes. About 15 minutes long. Uh, this one is. Uh, it's all scriptures. And who you are and what you have in Christ as a believer. So what we're going to do is we have these to give away, but what we want to do is just give one per family right now. Is that okay? Yes. You know, we'll see... Because we don't know next time we come what's going to, you know who, who's going to be here. So uh, I was going to get the boys, but actually just some, one person from each family just come, and that way we'll give you a set. If you want them, you know, we're not going to force them on anybody. But, and if you don't have a CD player, then you know don't take it and use it as a frisbee or something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all. We like to sew. You know we've never outgiven God yet. <laughs> We want to do what we can to get the word out there. And we were up till mid- we were up till midnight, so I was midnight trying to do something before we came here. I'm so glad you brought us. We're gonna share. Yeah, okay. And after we have the CD player. Okay. okay. But by the way, I'll I'll give you a quick synopsis, the baseball diamond of healing, the way we teach it. And because you could use this as a model when you're dealing with sick people yourself. First base is believing God is able to heal you. Amen. And that's where most of the church world stops. God is able. God is able. Second base is you know that God is able but also willing to heal you. He's willing to take his ability and do something to help you. Third base is not only is he able and willing, but he already did something about your healing. But that still don't get you your miracle. But then getting from third base to home, home is that you believe you receive when you pray. So you locate yourself or your friends on the basis and know where they're at. And then take them the rest of the way around. And, and you can share the CDs with somebody else after, you know what I'm saying? And if you want to duplicate them, you can duplicate these all you want. That's fine with me. They're free and, you know, we want to be a blessing. And this one's called... That's not free, though. That, that costs money to manufacture. <laughs> this CD is called Be Healed. It's all music, original songs written by Steve. All on... Um, Heals. Uh, this CD, trust me, I lived with him about 2,000 hours in the studio. He has his recording studio at home, so it's a labor of love for him when he puts this together. He wanted something that he would not be ashamed of 10 years down the road. Yeah. And I'm not. And, it it uh, came out nice. His picture is on the back. Um, we were actually at Florida. That's the one that you gave one. us, right? Yeah. Yep. So here's the thing. It's fun. Yeah. So, so it is. It's, it's somewhat it's, wild. I t- it's, awesome. it's not just pretty piano music for healing. I mean, some of them are pretty songs, but there's some just wild stuff on there, too. I mean, we do rock. <laughs> I tell people, especially women, if you have a hard time getting up in the morning, get going, start from song one. But if 
you're don't like that rock and roll type stuff, go at the last one and work your way back. By the time you get there, you'll be dancing. <laughs> 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 and what, what did he say? Healing was what? Or faith was what? Receive. Huh? Receive. No. no. It was a what? It's a gift. It's a gift. Oh, Very good. Yes. Me? Oh, 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 oh. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can have But listen, we do have more of these, okay? And they're $20 a piece normally. Okay. So, but yours is a gift. By the way, I will tell you something about that CD. Um, it actually, Andrew Womack and his wife Jamie play it in the car when they go on road trips because they like it so much. That's They've wore out one and I've requested the second one. We're expecting the third request to come in soon. <laughs> it's right up their alley. I mean, if yeah. you know anything about you know, Andrew Womack, I mean, we, we preach very similar messages. and So I, I like what he does and he likes what we do. So. Okay, I'm not the pastor and we're just going to do a little demonstration here. So we talked about faith, right? Have we been talking about faith? Yes. 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 And talked about Steve had the same number of muscles in his body as Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. But listen, my honey, he did not. Okay. See. And lots of times people will come to you and want to use your faith to get them healed. Wow. Step over a second. Don't, so I don't step on this thing. That's okay. <laughs> so, now you can't hold hands. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Now, I'm going, uh, Selena and I, she don't even know what she's doing yet. But Selena and I are going to be exercising and we're going to see how this works out. Okay? Come on. Come on. Steve? You any stronger? No. Let's do some more. Maybe we can, maybe we can get them to the point where they're getting stronger because we're exercising. Whoa. You get? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I feel much better. I'm still. I'm not feeling any stronger. <laughs> Your wife must be way better at it than I. But listen, that's what people do to you sometimes. You've been exercising your faith yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Somebody else comes along and says, you do it for me. You do my praying. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I can't do it. I can't pray like you, man. You, you know, you're good at this stuff. Come on. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me. <laughs> We all have to exercise our faith. That's very good. Amen. Very good. I can't exercise my faith for Steve. Right. Or he can't exercise his for me and vice versa. Very good. Yes. That's so true. So we have to know that if you want to build your faith, you're going to have to put the work in. That's right. Now, not the work what we think of in, in no. the world. Steve had a saying back in Tennessee, zero percent you. Yeah. You, you can re you're receiving a healing is 100% grace and 0% merit. You don't deserve healing based on your own merit. It's all because of God's grace. And you don't get it because of your works. But again, we still need to exercise our faith. Right? 
So again, I can say, Selena and I can do this all the way. Well, well, maybe she could, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> but professor, I'm no good. <laughs> Are you going back up? I said, do you have his, your hands on his knees yet? Yes. I said, all right. 
I said, are you ready to receive? Are you ready to believe that when I pray for you, that God is going to heal your knees so you can finish up your flooring and have no more pain? Yes. Glory to God. <laughs> Began to pray. The power of God was like, whoa. And all of a sudden, he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I know I got it. Okay? So he got up the next morning and finished the flooring. He called me. So he's like, I, I just couldn't wait to tell you. He said, I finished my flooring. No more pain. Amen. 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 But see, sometimes we're too quick to lay hands on people. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. This is why it's important to teach. This is why it's important to share stories like this with you so you understand that everything is not always instantaneous uh, popcorn yes. feelings. That's yes. right. Yes. Very good. Sometimes you've got to walk it out. Very good. And I mean literally walk it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that man had to walk it out for his knees next morning to get down and finish up the floor. Very good. So but the thing is, and the other thing is you can't let people <coughs> be leeches. Wow. Very good. Amen. Oh, I know what leeches? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, they suck every ounce of the blood out of you, you let them. Just Christians like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah. There's Christians who will suck every ounce of life out of you if you let them. Yeah, very good. But for me, see, I, I can be mean. I don't mean to be mean, but I can be mean. I, I, and I say that in a loving way. <laughs> You're lovingly mean. I can be lovingly mean. I can slap him upside the head and say, Grow up and do it yourself. Get off your own get off your backside and get on your knees. And forget backsides, right? Yeah. Okay. So make sure. Yes. Yeah. So but see the thing is, we there are people that you need to tenderly carry along. Don't get me wrong, okay? But there's someone who's been in the faith or in the way for 25 years. They've been in the way. Yeah, they are. They really do get in the wrong way. You know, but the thing is, God requires something off us as we grow. Uh, Courage over there. So maybe the first time he fell, did you say, ha, just stayed under kid, I ain't. No. (laughs) I'm saying this. But you don't do that to your kid. Right? That's right. You don't just leave them down there. That's right. You pick them up and say, come on, honey, you can do this. Yes. Well, I believe our Heavenly Father was the same kind of thing. Amen. He encourages, come on, kid. I called you. I knew your name. Before you were even in your mother's room, I knew you. That's awesome. And I knew your potential. See, Steve and I don't preach sin. He put a potential seed in me. He put one in you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Very now, good. what do we do with the potential seed? Very good. We, you know, we can bloom, blossom, flourish, and sometimes God will even transplant all the way to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I got transplanted from Canada to the U.S. to Maine. Then God moved me a little further south to Tennessee. I don't know if I want to go any further south than that. Okay, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steve told everybody I moved uh, south to Maine to get warm from Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For anybody who knows where Newfoundland is, we're closer to the Arctic Circle than yeah. I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. We drive pickup trucks on the ocean. Yes. Yeah. In the winter. In the winter. Not summer. Okay, in the winter. But people will try to make you work 
for their miracle. Very good. And sometimes we just got to be wise. And there's some, like I say, you're just going to have to stroke in the wrong way or give them a good swift kick and say, grow up. And, and I say that in love. I honestly do because somebody had to do it to me. That's why I say it. I was one of these that I was willing to lap up the anointing from somebody else. I don't necessarily care if I have my own, or even know I can have my own. Mm -hmm. So I think around all these born-again Catholic girls, they were awesome. They knew things I didn't even know. I can go to church all my life. But the Lord said to me, he said, do you know I have enough anointing for you, too? Mm -hmm. Very good. So everyone, even the children in here, they have the anointing. Yes. You girls back there, you have the anointing. Amen. Your anointing is not going to be the same as your friends. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? I've got five siblings, and I'm not like any of them. Mm -hmm. And that's okay with me. You know, I'm the only Christian in my family. Wow. None of the other kids are saved. Because you know what? Every one of them came to my graduation from Bible school. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't Jesus or not until Jesus, but they come to the graduation. That's cool. One of my brothers has since passed. And this brother was a pain in my, you know what? <laughs> and I mean, he, every chance he had, he would say nasty things to me and get me upset. We went to Sunday school, and my mother was a Sunday school teacher, which wasn't good to start with. And she did the fruits of the spirit by the flower. And if you didn't, you know, if you didn't operate in them. You, you lost your pal. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, of course, my brother knew that this little contest was on at Sunday school. So, they did everything they could to make me lose all my pebbles. <laughs> That's just the type they were. But anyway, this, this, this one brother, he was diagnosed with cancer, stage four bone cancer. Crazy in pain. My sister came to visit me. She's not saved either. And she, she curses more than most sailors. And, you know, and so I'm going to go to Canada to pray for my brother. Now, my brother ain't saved, remember? So I get there with, to church, our congregation. We prayed over this prayer cloth and we brought it. I brought it. And uh, I got in the house and Everybody's face is poor. I guess he's gonna die. I said, shut up. Well, I, was really, I should have said that about his kids were. But it's a <laughs> 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 So anyway, I said, Jim, come with me. Come on, buddy. So I took him and I said, come. So Dale started following. I said, stay where you're at. <laughs> Right to live in you. 
And I put my hand on his shoulder ever so gently because I knew he was in pain. And I said, Father God, I thank you. Not because of the cleanness of his hands, but because of the cleanness of mine. I speak to every cancer cell right now in the name of Jesus, and I command them to die. I speak life and healing into your body. We walked out. Go you go back. Oh. <laughs> I dismissed him. I dismissed him. And we sat around as a family the rest of the evening. He went home. He was in pain, remember? Mm -hmm. He came back the next morning. There was not an ache from pain. On Good Friday, he got the diagnosis, cancer-free. Not a cancer cell to be found wow. in his body. Amen. Same brother. <laughs> so I said, Jim, God has been good to you. I said, God don't owe you nothing. I said, God has been good to you. I said, what about it? Hmm. Uh, one of these days, one of these days. Hmm. How many times do we hear people say one yeah, one of these days. Yeah. Anyway, to make a long story short, I said, Jim, God loves you so much. Mm. He just wants you to serve him. He just wants to love on you. Amen. A couple weeks went by, and I was messaging him on Facebook, and I said, something has happened. And that's why I said to him, something has happened. And I said, did you get saved? <laughs> he knew what I was talking about. Yes. Oh, God. I'm like, glory to God. You know what? Two weeks later, he died of a massive heart attack. And I went up to his funeral and I said, if you weren't dead already, I'd slap you. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't dead already, I'd kill you myself. How dare you? <laughs> after God just healing you months, well, it was, probably, it was months later, but it was only weeks after he got saved when he passed away. So, of course, I made a long trip up to Canada, and I went to funeral home, and everybody's like, why are you going to touch him? I ain't touching him, because if I touch him, he's coming up, and you folks are all going down. And I ain't touching him. So I can feel the power of God. you got to know the time to raise the dead, and the time not to raise the dead. Very good. Very well said. And everybody kept saying, just touch Mm -hmm. Not happening. I just kept my hands behind my back. They thought it was the strangest thing. But I had to because I knew the power of God was on me so strongly. If I touched him, he was coming up. But my concern was that he came up when he continued to serve Jesus till the end. And I said, Lord, I know where he's at right now. And he's far better off than me bringing him back. And there's people who think that they can just go raise the dead anytime you want from you can. You need a word from God yes, if you're going to do that. Absolutely. We had somebody that we knew, and we were asked to be there till their end. So, of course, the hospice people have the nerve to say to us, the pastors, would you stay and give her morphine all night? Steve said, uh-uh, we can't do that. I said, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> he said, what could happen? I said, she could die. We're going to do it because the family needs rest. Lo and behold, she decides to die. Well, we're there, the pastors. Who's going to get the blame for killing this woman? Me. I need her morphine. 
Yeah, I didn't like that. Blech. She was. She was telling people then she wanted to die. Yeah. She wasn't communicating with people. So her family finally got there the next day, which was a good job she didn't. I didn't let her stay at the end of the day because she wouldn't have been able to do what she wanted to do. <laughs> so anyway, her family comes and said, well, what do I do? I said, go to Mama Tar. You're here for her blessing. So each child came, kneeled down before Mama, took her hands and said, I'm here for my blessing. That child got out and moved on. The next one came until they were all done. They said, now what? I said, go do whatever you want to do. So they all went down the basement. I said, Steve, go play the piano. I said, do your pants after the waters. So my soul thirsts after you. That was our favorite song. So he went over on the piano, and he began to play. And I looked over and I said, she's down. Bye. He's like, you know, I'm not touching this song. Not anything. I just go, she's gone. So I go down and I said to the family, she's gone. She's my gun. Steve's been playing the piano. I said, do your pants after the waters, because that's her song. And she decided to check out. Yes, she's gone. And I wasn't trying to be insensitive, you understand? This wasn't a one, two days kind of thing. This was a, a, a thing. But you know what? I believe that she got to do, even though she couldn't communicate, her family understood what she wanted yes. to bless them. And, uh, well, they say you don't do that every day. Mm -hmm. It's not an everyday thing, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't go to the cemetery and start trying to get anybody else. <laughs> it don't work. How many people went to John G. Lake's cemetery or grave try to get his anointing? Yeah. Wow. Come on, folks. Yeah. You have the anointing. That's right. The Holy One yourself. Amen. I don't need Selena. I wish I could sing like her, but I don't need Selena's anointing. Yeah. And I love the woman, but I don't need her anointing. Amen. God gave me an anointing. That's Amen. Right. Thank you, Jesus. And he's given you an anointing. And you just gotta operate in it. Yes. When it don't make sense to your natural mind, you just operate in it. Listen, faith will look different on different days to you. I was in, I'll tell one more story now. How's the fact? I was in Bible college and my nephew passed away. 
He was 19 years old. Uh, he was a child born with fluid on the brain. They had to shunt. And they said he would never do it. He died actually the very first day he was born. And my brother found him alive in the morgue later on that day. And then the doctors didn't want to do anything. Pray for the lawsuit. Anyway, make one story short, he convinced them that the baby was alive. So they went, anyway, make one story short, <coughs> he never got behind, beyond a man of mine of a two or three year old. But he was the most loving child you'd ever wish to find. So we used to call him. When we go into the home, he was blind. We go into the home and we start calling his name. And you could hear him giggle because he recognized your voice. Anyway, he passed away, and uh, it was the ice storm of 1998 in Canada. Anybody knows all the towers crashed over and all that. So the, my brothers, Jim was still alive at this point, said, "Are you going to go home for the funeral?" I said, "Yeah." I had no sitter for my son, and he, he went to school, Brown Bible School. But anyway, God made a way that. Some of the students came over to my apartment and stayed, and they were from Newfoundland like I was, so they understood our way of doing things. And they took care of him while I went uh, to Newfoundland. But on the way there, my brother Jim, same guy who was my pest all grown up, he said, well, sis, he said, I'm just going to tell you the way we do it, okay? I don't have, do I have to be nice? No. <laughs> sis, he said, I sure hope we don't have snowstorm all the way to Newfoundland. I said, we're not. He said, who are you, Moses? <laughs> I said, no, but I know the same God. He said, you know the big guy? Oh, I, I know the big guy. So we go pick up the next brother. Oh, man, you see the storm all the night? I sure hope we don't have a storm all the way. So Jim, the driver. Oh, don't worry, we got Moses with us. We go pick up the third brother. Same story. I sure hope we don't have a storm all the way to Newfoundland. He said, We ain't. We got Moses back <laughs> So then he turned around and said, Sis, you got any money? I said, Never you mind. I had $20 in my pocket. I said, Just in the name of Jesus. 
I command this to stop. And I'll tell stop. Whoa, that was like going through Star Trek or something. <laughs> right? And so, like, we got our warp speed all of a sudden, and we're on the other side of the storm. So anyway, we get to the ferry, and we get the news that the ferry can't make it across to get us because of the ice storm. So Jim, the one that passed away, the one who was a pain in my tush, he said, hey, Moses, you think you can go out and talk to the big guy? Yep, I can do that. So I walk into the ferry terminal, and I walk to the edge of the parking lot and the water, the ocean is right there. And I said, Lord, I just thank you that your word says that I can do what you did and even greater, because you went back to the Father. I said, so when I speak to you right now in the name of Jesus, I command you to cease, and I command that ferry to be released from the other side to come get us so we can go for the funeral. I walked back into the ferry terminal, and he said, so did you talk to the big guy? I said, I sure did. And he said, what did he say? I said, I'll tell you in a little bit. But I said, he told me he to talk to you. Another time, okay? I said, how long? <coughs> how long? I don't know, sis, but not today. So my baby brother came and he said, hey, sis, he said, walk with me to the, uh, to the bank machine that was across the parking lot at the bank. I said, okay, so we're walking, and all of a sudden he stops. He turns, he goes, and all I can do is laugh. So we get back into the ferry terminal and Jim comes rushing out. Hey, hey, the ferry's on the house. I knew that. Oh, I told you just now that it was coming. <laughs> yep. And, and he's like, Sis, you really know the big house? I told you. I was like, I'm going to tell you. Yes, I know the big <laughs> And we went, we got on the island side of Newfoundland. And everywhere you looked, cars were out in the ditch, tractor trailers overturned, the roads were a sheet of ice. And we had a 14-hour drive to get to the funeral. So my same brother that was with to turn on the snow wall, he said, why isn't this just great? We get all the way here only to die on the roads. I said, are you kidding me? I said, you have a servant of the Most High God in this car and you're worried about ice? I said, shut up. <laughs> and keep going. Just drive. You know what? We drove 14 hours. We never slipped. We never skidded. We never did anything. Everywhere we stopped, people came. They came to me. And they said, I don't know who you are, but God said, give you this. We stopped to have dinner. Somebody said, I don't know who you are, but God said, here, give you this. I didn't carry pocketbooks back then, girl. I was not lady enough to carry pocketbooks. So I stuck in my pocket. So we go to the funeral and 
People couldn't believe we made it, but we made it. And we left and came back. We were dropping off my very first brother, the baby brother. I said, nobody out of this car or van, take out your wallets and count every cent that's in them. I had four brothers. Three of them was with me, because it was my oldest brother's son who passed away, so he wasn't there. So they took out their wallets and they counted hundreds. I mean, they were into the hundreds of dollars. I feel my pocket. I feel my pocket. All right, let's do this thing. So I began to pull out the money. And 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 I said, count it. They counted it. I had more money than all of them put together. <laughs> At the end of the trip, but because of God. Yeah. Amen. Because of God's faithfulness. Amen. He knew I didn't have the money to go on a trip. But my brothers will never forget yeah. that trip. Amen. That's so cool. They saw the hand of God. Yeah. They saw what happens when you put your trust in Him. Amen. They Very saw good. what happened when I wasn't back down from the storm. Very good. Don't back down. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil back you down and put you into a corner and make you think you can't do this. That's right. You can't. Amen. Very I have God Almighty on the inside of me. Amen. What do I need better than that? Amen. I, you know, and, and so anyway, I mean, they were like, this is the weirdest thing we ever seen, Mom. You should have seen this pulling the money in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but see, God is faithful. Yes, Amen. God's faithful. I like my candy just in case you didn't know. <laughs> God is faithful. And you know what? God is not against humor. Amen. God's not against us laughing. But I can tell a story. They don't laugh, but first, I mean, it was, oh, this was big. You know, I'm in my second year of Bible school, and this was big. You know, but I've never seen God fail me. I've never seen Him forsake me. Well, I know we're talking about healing, but. God works in every area. Yes. Yeah. Very if you let him in. Amen. He won't force his way in. That's right. Amen. But I tell you, you can do it. Amen. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank yeah, you didn't do it because I was special. <laughs> Excuse me, didn't me because I believed. Amen. Praise God. I was willing to take God at his word. Amen. I tell people, don't ask Steve Young a question if you don't want the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Because that man will tell you the truth whether it cut you 500 ways. He will tell you the truth. But in love, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, I tell people, if Steve Young said something, you better take it to the bank. Because that's how sure I am of the word he spoke. Because I have seen God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Just feels as sort of a parting thing. I know some of you can't be here uh, tomorrow, and that's okay. I mean, be faithful at your church. Uh, I just feel the Lord wanted me to share another little hint when it comes to demons that I think will help you. What if you don't know that the, whether or not the person you're ministering to has a demon? What if you don't know if it's a spirit of infirmity or just an infirmity? What do you do? I think some of this will help you because you will encounter this in the real world and we want you to be prepared for it. First of all, never assume something is a demon because of the specific condition. 
There are some people who have seizures who are not demon-possessed. There are medical conditions that can cause seizures, and it's not a demon. If you look in Scripture, yes, some of these people, they were epileptics. Some of Jesus cast a demon out of them. But there were other cases that said he healed them, but it does not say he cast a demon out of them. Never presume that there's a demon there just because you think, well, this condition equals demon. Very good. You're going to have to be led by the Spirit when it comes to that. Amen. You say, well, but how do I minister to the person? How do I know whether to lay hands or, or just speak the word or cast a demon out? Uh, what if I don't know if it's a demon? Here's some good news. You don't actually have to know. I'll prove it to you. In Luke 13, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Jesus did not cast that demon out directly. All he said was, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He gave that word, and there wasn't enough room in that woman's body for that word and that demon. Amen. Very good. The demon had to leave. Because of that word. You can command some, a condition to be healed, some, something in someone's body to be gone in the name of Jesus. If a demon's causing it, it's got to go. You know, just in general, you don't have to diagnose the sick. All you have to do is lay hands on them. Jesus never said you have to figure out what condition it is. You're, don't play doctor. You don't have to. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You don't have to know what it is. You don't have to know the fancy-sounding, tongue-twisting medical word for it. All you need to know is you have authority over all the power of the enemy. That includes both demons and diseases. And when you say it's going to go by the authority of Jesus Christ, it has to go. I'll prove it further to you. In Acts 19, 11 and 12, they took cloth items from Paul's body. And it said they took them to other people and the people were healed and demons came out of them. They did not have two piles of cloths. This is the demon pile and this is the non-demon pile. Now, which is it? Do you have a, is it a demon? Well, we better get a cloth from the demon pile for the demon so that anti-demon anointing will work. But then if it's not a demon, we want it to be out of the healing pile, of the non-demon pile, so that the non-demon healing anointing can work. The anointing destroys yokes of bondage no matter what they are. That anointing in you can drive it out whether it's a demon or whether it's a disease. You don't have to know. All you need to know is you've got authority over that condition in the name of Jesus Christ and you can make it leave. Because I've seen people, they, they would have caused damage in our church. They were trying to cast out demons that were not there. And I had to put a stop to it. Here, here's another thing. Mentally ill children. A lot of times, well-meaning Christians will try to cast demons out of mentally ill children who don't have demons. That's horrible for the parents. And it's no better for the kids. We, we had a kid in our church who had Asperger's. He had he was, his medical care all his life up until then. And you know, people would assume, oh, he, he's, he's kind of strange. It must be a demon. 
But you know, we never cast a demon out of them. We laid hands on them in the name of Jesus and commanded them to be healed. That formerly Asperger's autistic you know, spectrum child heard from the doctors, you no longer require our services. And today he's living a normal life like everyone else. He's a firefighter. He's got a job. He's got a girlfriend. He's, got, he's bought a home. You'd never know he was any different. He's 21. He's 21. Don't let anyone tell, oh, that's Asperger's. We, well, that's too hard for God. It's not, Jesus has the name above every name that is named, including the name of Asperger's. But there was someone else in our church. He, he, was a, he was a schizophrenic. He'd been to every mental institution in the state. And at, at first he was just, he wouldn't talk. And then he'd just repeat anything you said. But I say, well, how are you doing? He said, how are you doing? What's happening? What's happening? Are you going to repeat everything I say? Are you going to repeat everything I say? Oh, great. Now what? This is why you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's no textbook we can give you that says, oh, here's what to do with someone with, with, with a parrot syndrome where all you do is say something and he just repeats it. And it's all he'll do. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? And then the Holy Spirit told me what to do. I said, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. He said, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I said, the word is working mightily in me. He said, the word is working mightily in me. I said, God heals all my diseases. He said, God heals all my diseases. I said, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. He said, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. This went on for months. Then one day, he's in the elevator with Rosie. And he says, she says, good morning. And, and, and he says, good morning, Pastor Rosie. Well, I almost hit the floor. Because... <laughs> I, I know it was his voice, but I turned yeah. to see who's talking. <laughs> he had never spoke a normal sentence in all the time we know the guy. And that young man, I call him a young man, he's probably 25, 29, yeah. somewhere around there. He now has, he's Went on vacation by himself in the Virgin Islands. But you've got to be led by the Spirit. This is why we say we do not offer you a cookie cutter solution. Here is how to lay hands on the sick. The Holy Spirit is the method. You know, E.M. Bounds once said this. It's probably my favorite E.M. Bounds quote. He said, men are God's methods. While men look for better methods, God looks for better men. We just recently, a week ago, we, we did a revival meeting in, in, back in Tennessee. And they, there was an Asperger's child there, too. And he didn't talk to anybody, basically. And he, he didn't socialize. And, but the anointing started moving in the service, and he came up and he hugged Rosie. And, and Rosie said, thank you, Jesus. And he lifted up his hand and said, Jesus. And, and his mother was just beside herself happy. She said, he's never spoken the name of Jesus before. And then he went and hugged her again. So, 